The people roam the streets with hardly their eyes falling upon each other. They shamble, they move, and they dodge the obstacles in their path. The steady fills the air as people project their thoughts miles away to those they hardly see, all the while ignoring those right in front of them. These are the husks of social people past, fed a lie that they should feel as connected as they've ever been, and that loneliness has been eradicated in this society. Yet, almost all of them feel isolated, contained like prisoners to their cell phones. This is our dystopia. It's Alyssa. We're as connected as ever, right? With the advent of social media and internet use, we have more doors open for communication across greater cultural, language, racial, and religious lines. So why are most of us feeling lonelier than ever? This week, we'll be taking a look at the current loneliness epidemic that is ironically flourishing in the time when we should be feeling more connected. How many people do you consider to be in your social sphere? How many of those are people you consider close friends? If you're an adult, chances are that those numbers are concerningly low. According to the Health Resources and Services Administration, one in five adults say that they feel lonely, and two in five feel as though their social relationships aren't meaningful. And the effects of this? Well, they turn out to be extremely damaging to not only the person's mental health, but also their physical health. Although these figures seem alarming, they hit one group the hardest in particular, senior citizens. Around 43% of the elderly population reports feeling lonely on a regular basis, which is responsible for a 45% increased risk of mortality. Though some are quick to jump to the conclusion that this only takes a toll on the mental health of a lonely person, loneliness actually proves to be more damaging than obesity and roughly equates to smoking around 15 cigarettes a day. So, at a time when we're supposedly the most connected, why do we feel so alone? As a disclaimer, I'm sure we're all aware of the effects that the COVID-19 pandemic has had on our social lives. Although the pandemic is contributing significantly to this issue, this episode isn't about that. The loneliness epidemic was occurring long before the COVID-19 pandemic revolutionized our new normal into a more isolating experience. We are already beginning to feel the separation from our communities, coworkers, and friends. 
Now, it's important to clarify that the feeling of loneliness is an entirely subjective experience and something that differs among those who claim to feel lonely. However, the impact of feeling lonely is objective and extremely visible, and the causes are often challenging to pinpoint. With phones as an extension of ourselves, we often feel connected to everyone that we need to be. Instagram is readily available to see the newest adventures of our friends. Facebook is there to understand the life updates and opinions of our acquaintances. And texting is at the ready to send any meme or message that we wish to our companions. It's easy to mistake that these are suitable replacements for true human interaction. Although texting has allowed for more accessibility to some groups, it misses out on annotations and deeper meanings that can be drawn from hearing another's voice or seeing their facial expressions. These may seem like the minutia of conversation, but they have major implications for how we interact with one another. How many times have you misinterpreted texts because of missing intonations? Or how many times have you come to realize that you can only have hard conversations over text? Conversations that could grow a relationship if you had chatted in real life. Over time, this can lead to ambiguity, misinterpretations, and relationships that aren't as strong as they could be. However, this medium of communication is the least of our worries. Social media can probably be labeled as a misnomer by this point. There just isn't that much of a social aspect to it. Seeing pictures of friends may lead to comparisons, a fear of missing out, called FOMO, and a feeling of detachment from the friends spurred by envy that you weren't invited somewhere or didn't know a friend partake in certain hobbies. This problem only amplifies across other platforms, as the chances for hurtful, anonymous comments is possible, leading to eventual anxiety, depression, and loneliness, as stated by researchers at McLean Hospital. When we are with friends in real life, the impact of such platforms continue to seep into our interactions. The addictive nature of such apps makes it harder and harder to put down the phones an ever-present sound of a notification makes it easy to focus on our technology instead of the people that we are with at the moment. However, it isn't entirely our fault. These apps and the creators of them are well aware of the so-called attention industry, i.e. the longer that an app can hold your attention span, the more money it can make. These gamified and highly addictive tactics are everywhere. Bright, contrasting colors are more likely to grab your attention. Content is often tailored to what you like, and the format of a never-ending scroll on some sites makes it easier to just keep scrolling. Overall, though, looking at our phones means that we are spending time looking away from something else, whether that be our hobbies we used to do with friends, or our loved ones over a dinner table. Not all of these problems stem from the means we use to communicate, 
but also result from decreased opportunities for new relationships. The strain that is placed on younger adults nowadays between university, stress about student loans, work weeks longer than 40 hours, and decreased opportunities in the job market means that there's just less time and chance for connection to occur. Younger adults, and especially millennials, are also living more on their own than they used to, often in cities far away from social support networks due to the need to move based on job opportunities. This problem is growing and continues to worsen as chances for careers close to home and flexible workplaces seems like a pipe dream. Loneliness is something we all feel at times and seems like something that isn't going away anytime soon, especially with the current COVID-19 pandemic. But there are a few fixes to the current system. Now, for the optimistic side. As for the vulnerable elderly population, services such as hotlines, called the Silver Line in the UK, allows for a 24-7 chat service to combat loneliness when it is needed most. These services are entirely volunteer-ran and prove effective for curbing some of the physical and psychological impacts of loneliness. However, they don't prove to alleviate all of the symptoms. Deep connections and meaningful friendships are the ultimate cure for this issue. But social programs inside of nursing homes do provide a solution. These programs provide the spaces for residents to connect over shared hobbies and gradually build friendships. Furthermore, most residential homes allow for outside visitors to participate in activities with residents, allowing for cross-generational friendships. As for social media sites, there are few things that can be done to outplay the ploys of the attention industry. Foremost, Use your phone setting or an external app to physically limit the amount of time that can be spent on a particular app. Secondly, in the phone settings, it is possible to change your screen from an array of colors to black and white. This helps to curb the visual and chromatic grabs that the apps use to hold your attention. Next, if possible, arrange for more voice calls or video chats as an alternative to texting. Finally, keep the phone out of sight when with friends or family. It isn't doing that much good, except for distracting you from the present. Now, if you find yourself alone in a major city, how can you make friends? Well, it appears that we aren't the first to consider this. Certain websites, such as meetup.com, allows for gatherings of strangers based on shared interests. These groups are often as niche or broad as you want, but pretty much consist of people knowing how impossible it feels to make friends at work. This problem is hard to solve in social media and shifting cultural values makes it even more challenging. This fix is not an overnight one, but it's definitely still a step in the right direction. Stay optimistic.